A very good Monday and welcome to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. I'll have a look at regional and national agricultural news, beginning with regional ag news right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. Congressman Jim Costa from California, senior member of the House Agriculture Committee and chair of the Subcommittee on Livestock and Foreign Agriculture, introduced a bill called Supporting Market Access to Reinvigorate Trade or SMART Act of 2022. It's bipartisan legislation to expand programs to develop new business opportunities for American agricultural goods. He says opening and growing new markets for American-made products is critical to building our agricultural economy and says food is a global security issue and we must do all we can to reverse disruptions in trade and grow new partnerships that help deliver American products around the world. The SMART Act would double the amount of funding to at least $400 million per fiscal year for the market access program and at least $69 million per year for the foreign market development program. The increase in funding would ensure American products are promoted in primary and secondary markets, providing access to new markets for farmers seeking to export products. The bill has six original co-sponsors, including U.S. Representative Representatives Jimmy Panetta of California, Cindy Axney of Iowa, Dan Newhouse of Washington, Kim Schreier of Washington, Tracy Mann of Kansas, and Ashley Henson of Iowa. Many people involved in our country's agriculture depend on programs like the Market Access Program and the Foreign Market Development Program to reach new markets abroad and grow their businesses at home, according to Representative Panetta. The bipartisan SMART Act would make significant investments in those programs to ensure that our nation's farmers and ranchers have access to the tools and resources they need to compete in the global marketplace. Such federal support to secure the appropriate market access abroad would help to create good-paying jobs, support local economies, and fortify our agriculture at home. The legislation is supported by the National Milk Producers Association and the Coalition to Promote U.S. Agricultural Exports, among others. The American Star Awards, American Star Farmer, American Star in Agribusiness, American Star in Agricultural Placement, and American Star in Agroscience are presented to FFA members who demonstrate outstanding agricultural skills and competencies through the completion of a supervised agricultural experience. This year's winner is Central Valley resident Peter Bliss. Farming is a family business for many, but for folks like Peter Bliss's, it's more than that. It's a lifelong dream. He says that he is definitely going to farm for the rest of his life. He was about six years old when he told himself he was going to get a farm, and that is what he has been doing ever since. Bliss is a member of the Merced Golden Valley FFA in Central California, and his supervised agricultural experience project sees him farming cotton, almonds, and wheat. He started with only 30 acres inherited from his grandfather, but his operation has since grown to 417 acres. He is a fifth-generation farmer. He says that they started in the 1880s and he wants to continue this tradition. Specifically, Peter has 212 acres for cotton, 105 acres for almonds, and 100 acres for wheat. Most of his land is rented, he said, but he wants to own it all someday. In the future, Bliss plans to expand his operation by planting new kinds of crops in addition to using his big three. In fact, he said he's already planted corn silage just recently. He says he plans to diversify 
a little more to get other crops like corn and hay. And he said he liked to grow in size. Although his SAE is successful now, Peter said he had a rocky start with FFA. He wasn't satisfied with the program at his first high school, so he moved to a different high school between his sophomore and junior years. He says he wasn't comfortable inside the ag program. He said he switched schools solely for the purpose of FFA and his opportunities took off. He did not have to build his SAE alone, though. He said his biggest supporters are his family, his FFA advisor, Cody Jacobson, and his family friend named Scott Apupel, or as Bliss likes to call him, dad number two. His best advice for other FFA members in their SAE is to give it your all. He says you've got to put in 100% effort. You can't come in competing at an SAE contest only doing 50% effort and still trying to get 100% out of it. He said it just doesn't work. Markets on iceberg, romaine, and leafy green lettuce are staying extremely strong. I don't think I've seen markets at this level and this duration before. Has it gotten above $50 to $60 before? Yes, but usually that's a week or 10 days. We're in our fifth to sixth week of markets above $50, and the market on iceberg today is over $70. It's an unprecedented territory on the supply side, according to Mark Vaughn of Fresh Avenue. There are a number of factors contributing to the tight supplies, starting with the impatience neurotic spot virus in large swaths of the Salinas Valley for over three months, he says. Generally, you don't lose a whole field to the virus, but yields have gone from an expectation of 35,000 to 42,000 pounds an acre to now 20,000 pounds an acre, according to Vaughn. At the same time, growers are not speculating as much as they used to, and instead most are planning just what they need or shy of what they need. This is thanks to increased farming and input costs and macroeconomic factors such as inflation and the economy in general, which means growers can't readily afford to disc product and throw it away as they may have done in the past. And then there's strong demand. Vaughn says with the economy slowing down, the industry thought demand would take quite a step down. Demand has remained fairly constant, though. He says it's a perfect storm of supply shortages and market escalation. That's turned the eyes of other growers in the region, starting with Huron, California, an almost intermediary stop for shippers between Salinas and the desert region, which traditionally gets underway mid-November. However, a lot of shippers quit that Huron and have went from Salinas right to Yuma because of the cost and complexity of the intermediary stop that has further exasperated things, he says. The desert region is not off to a strong start, given that storms and hurricanes recently impacted some of the crops. So some growers who don't have product left in Salinas are already in the desert, cutting a week or 10 days ahead of plan. And that's going to create a gap, extending the impact of this, according to Vaughn. Looking ahead, the markets could stay this way until mid-December. Demand tends to decline for leafy greens after early December. He says the market escalations like they are have got to start hampering demand. Consumers don't want to pay a 5 price for a head of lettuce, according to Vaughn. Researchers at the University of California, Davis, are studying the roles microbes play in our diets and if we should increase our consumption of live microorganisms. UC Davis professor Maria Marco says microbes are found naturally in fruits, vegetables, yogurts, and fresh fermented foods, and Americans do not do a good job of incorporating these things into their daily diets. And what we're finding so far is that these Sources of microbes, these microbes can um, help protect us against um, inflammation and that helps our immune system, helps our metabolism. So there's really no harm in, in, in eating this, these kinds of foods in our diet and we think they actually can make us healthier. 
Marco says research shows 20% of children and 26% of adults typically consume foods with high levels of live microorganisms in their diet. She says while they understand that microbes help with digestion and promote better immunity, many questions remain for their research to determine. So what we're looking to understand is whether consuming microbes in our foods actually helps those microbes in our intestines do better. Marco says while their study shows adults and children are not consuming enough microbes in their diet, consumption of these kinds of foods have increased over the past two decades, meaning a trend is going in the right direction. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand, doing more together. The combined impacts of a multi-year drought, anticipated sigma requirements, and reduced reliability of surface water supplies may increase the likelihood of some irrigated agriculture in the San Joaquin Valley to at least temporarily come out of production. Non-governmental organizations or NGOs such as the Public Policy Institute of California and the San Joaquin Valley Water Blueprint have estimated that as much as 1 million acres could be removed from production if surface and groundwater supplies don't become more reliable with new storage and conveyance facilities and practices. The level of irrigated acreage reduction would have dramatic impacts on both the larger economy and individual growers. We've seen the impacts of the multi-year drought on the reliability of surface water deliveries. So that means we're drawing more heavily on groundwater resources. And we farmers have done this in the past with in, during other periods of extended drought. The difference this time is that we've got sigma ramping up and we've also got an increased focus on Im- impacts of uh, overpumping to disadvantaged communities or other drinking water supplies. So there's a big effort to address sort of the both of these issues at the same time with new funding programs that will help growers reduce their water use, leaving more water in the in the aquifer both for Sigma compliance and also for the needs of disadvantaged communities and drinking water. That was Jesse Roseman with Almond Board of California. The industry is seeing multiple ways that land is being repurposed, but one thing to note is that it's not a requirement that government programs permanently retire land. If land does come out of production for as little as 10 years, infrastructure will be worked on to bring that land back into production. It's temporary and it's voluntary and requires strong commitment from both sides. Conservation easements that pay to keep the land in production, but take away some of the the rights, like say development rights for housing. There are other programs, again, that have been around for a while, habitat easements, that will pay to take land out of production and put it into habitat. And then there's this third area that's relatively new, which is how can we temporarily take land out of production and help keep farmers economically productive on whatever land they are able to keep in production if they have to consolidate that irrigated acreage or 
shift uh, if there's a, a groundwater or surface water market, shift some of that uh, the water that they are still entitled to to other growers for use. And and the the newest example of that is this multi-benefit land repurposing program that's coming out from the Department of Conservation. Program offerings and requirements can be dependent on the specific region within the San Joaquin Valley. The multi-benefit land repurposing is provided funding for three pilots that are in the San Joaquin Valley. So growers in where those programs are being rolled out should keep an eye on them and, and follow them and uh, hopefully just help inform them because we know that the needs of permanent crops as as far as reliable water supply each year are different than those of annual crops. So if you're in one of these areas where these programs are be de being developed, it's important to be at the table and help shape them so that they'll address whatever whatever your particular needs are as a grower. So how much could one of these repurposement programs actually help the grower in an otherwise drastic and unfortunate scenario? These could be cash payments for taking land out of irrigated ag production and repurposing them to other purposes where there's a, a public interest. And uh, some of those uses could be, for example, solar farms is one that's got a, gotten a lot of publicity groundwater recharge basins, habitat areas, or longer-term use of conservation cover or cover crops. And not all of these are, are focused on keeping land actually in production for permanent crops, but hopefully some of these programs will look at that as an opportunity to support permanent crops, either using less water, or perhaps if they're in, ending, nearing the end of uh, that orchard's lifespan, paying for extended following periods beyond maybe just taking it out of production for a year. And look, because of course, if you can extend that time period where it's not being irrigated, you're reducing that overall demand for groundwater in that basin. Roseman stressed that he and the Almond Board absolutely do not want to give the impression that taking land out of production is the only option for groundwater and overall water issues. There are a lot of new projects that are coming online through state and federal programs that would potentially provide new water supply to areas where it hasn't been reliable or where there's been over pumping of aquifers or the, the the current use of aquifers under Sigma is considered non-sustainable. So at while we we look at repurposing and, and funding for repurposing as an option for helping to keep farmers economically productive, those programs, these uh which are voluntary programs, we also need to keep looking at new water supplies, new infrastructure, new conveyance new ways to operate systems to increase groundwater recharge and improve aquifer health. So I think these are really uh, two parts of the solution so that we can keep the maximum amount of land in production and maintain healthy economies 
specifically in the San Joaquin Valley. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. In National Agricultural News, over 190 members of the Agricultural Transportation Working Group want Congress to prepare to help prevent a railroad strike or lockout. Beef Magazine says a strike or lockout would shut down all rail-dependent facilities and result in devastating consequences to both national and global food security. The Biden administration successfully helped broker an agreement between the National Railway Labor Conference and 12 labor unions on September 15th, but two unions voted against the agreement while four other Others continue reviewing it. The Food and Agriculture Group sent a letter to congressional leadership saying action will be necessary if the parties fail to reach an agreement. Resolution of the dispute before November 19th is necessary to ensure uninterrupted rail service, according to the letter. Adding urgency to the matter is critical inputs in agricultural products like ammonia could be embargoed starting November 14th. They say a rail strike would be catastrophic to the U.S. economy. The FAO food price index averaged 135.9 in October, virtually unchanged from September. The index of every commodity group except for cereals was down month to month. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization says a higher cereal price index countered drops in the indices for vegetable oils, dairy, meat, and sugar. With the latest update, the food price index has dropped almost 24 points from its peak in March, but remains 2.7 points above October of 2021. The cereal price index averaged 152.3 points, 4.4 points higher than in September, and 15.2 points above the same time last year. The FAO Vegetable Oil Price Index averaged 150.1 points, down 2.4 points month-on-month, and nearly 20% below last year's level. The Dairy Price Index averaged 140.1 in October, down 2.5 points from September, and the fourth consecutive monthly drop. The Meat Price Index dropped for the fourth month in a row, averaging 100 118.4 points in October. USDA economist Dylan Russell has a summary of all agricultural exports, imports, and trade balance for all of the 2022 fiscal year. Fiscal year 2022, we had agricultural exports uh, total 196.4 billion, uh, which was 14% over the previous fiscal year 2021. Um, and that value was 171.7 billion. So we saw a 14% increase in our export value. Uh, for imports, uh, they came in in fiscal year 2022 at 194 billion. And that's up from last year of 163.3 billion, which is about a 19% increase of import value. So we saw a 14% increase in exports and a 19% increase in imports. USDA economist Dylan Russell. 
The General Accounting Office released a report on the Environmental Protection Agency's decision-making when it comes to small refinery exemptions from the Renewable Fuel Standard. The report was first requested three years ago by the Renewable Fuel Supporters in Congress. But much has changed since then, and biofuel groups say the report is obsolete. Renewable Fuels Association President Jeff Cooper says the economic analysis can only be described as a creative and obscure acrobatic routine. In the summer of 2019, a group of Renewable Fuel Supporters in the House and Senate asked for an investigation into two former EPA administrators. More than three years later and less than a week before midterm elections, the GAO puts out a shoddy report that is friendly to oil refiners and tries to answer questions no one ever asked, according to Cooper. He says after all that, the report says small refiners' cost of compliance are a half percent above larger refiners. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening.